What's up, everyone? I am Kyle Schudick, and welcome to the Stay in the Fight podcast. I am so grateful to have you listening with me today. This podcast is an in-the-field approach to connect you to the stories and experiences of people who are or have had to overcome their battles, those who have chosen to stay in the fight. You're going to hear of resilience, perseverance, and persistence that hopefully relates and resonates with you to show you that you are not alone in your thoughts and feelings and experiences. Our aim is for you to extract a lesson, strategy, or tactic that you can integrate right now so that when things feel too overwhelming, you too can stay in the fight. All right, I want to welcome Joseph Zeichterman. Did I get it? Zeichter, uh, uh, to the Stay in the Fight podcast. And one, I want to welcome you to share your story here. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm super excited. And so because we don't know each other on a personal level, level like some of my other guests, I want to get people the opportunity to, I guess, learn who you are, because we don't do intros on here as a cold intro. I want you to explain, you know, who you are, where are you from, and what are you really focusing on in your life right now? Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm Joseph. I am local to the Portland, Oregon area. I uh, didn't grow up here, grew up in northern Wisconsin. Um, I'm the oldest of 10, and so I've got uh, seven younger sisters and two younger brothers. And... Um, what I'm focusing on right now is uh, weight loss as one part of a, a much bigger journey for personal development and growth. Um, and so that's been kind of my, my, my burden, I guess, for the last couple of months has been like just like the way that I'm carrying is, is uh, managing that physical, <laughs> yeah. physical weight. So. Yeah, that's definitely a journey when a lot of people take, uh, and I've, I've been on this, like, especially after the military, it, it's something that can, it does become a, it feels like a, an ever, I wouldn't even call it an ever increasing burden, but it just feels like it's something that when you can't manage it, it just sits over your head. Actually, it sits under your head, but you know, it's, it's something that um, I think with, especially when we look at our body images and we look at everything else and the way society wants us to be in the way that we want to be finding that balance in, in, in finding what we're comfortable with. And so what really, so you said you're focusing on weight loss. Uh, first I want everybody to know is what day of your journey are you on right now? Today is day 97. So today is 97 and you started off at what weight? 250 pounds. So you started off at 250 pounds and now you're down to what? Uh, 200 and well, the, the lowest that I've been is 203. 203. Man, that's a lot. And that's what? Just, just right north of three months, huh? Yeah. And uh, 47 pounds in that time. It's, it's varying a little bit, you know, with water weight and all. But yeah, um, I haven't gotten back up above 210. And I weighed in at 203 four days ago. 
So yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a journey. That's a lot of you know, weight to, to take off and to keep off. And what we said before is that we weren't going to talk tactics. And so we'll get to that, but what was it like, I guess what, what I really want to get at is you know, when a lot of people are dealing with an issue, be it health, like with weight or even, you know, mental health is that sometimes, you know, we talked about it, we just talked about it being a burden, but how was one, how was it affecting your life? And then we'll get into how the, how we start to make that change. So what really, what was it really like for you to just kind of be at the weight before you made the change? So I'm going to be honest, man, it, it wasn't hard. Yeah. Um, to, to be what I would class as overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd been at, uh, 250 pounds since my first year of college. Um, what happened was I, I started college and they required you to pay for all 19 meals, even if you didn't go to them. And so me being the, uh, the cheap kid that I was, I was like, well, if I'm paying for breakfast, I'm going to breakfast. Dang it. I get so it. I'd go to, um, you know, I'd wake up at, at 8 a.m. even if I didn't have a class till noon and I'd go and I'd eat. And uh, I just ate until I was full. Did that every meal um, for months. And I gained 30 pounds in four months. And oh, from yeah. there, it, that, was, that was just, it was incredibly quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, just bad habits perpetuated. And so I gained another 20 pounds altogether. And 250 was the, the most that I've ever weighed. Uh, and I held that for the good part of probably two years. Um, before that, I think I, you know, it was 230, 235. And then it just slowly yeah. started to creep. You know, I had some periods where like, oh, you know, I'm making good decisions. I'm exercising a little bit. So I'd go down a bit, but yeah. uh, just never able to get it down. Really, And really, it was a matter of me just not doing the consistent work to get there. That, mm. but, but when I say it's not hard. What I mean is that um, I'd been there, I think, enough that I was totally okay with being 250 pounds. And I would say at that time, and I still think like at that time, I'm very happy with myself. Yeah. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of us can mentally justify, even if we know something's not the ideal case, we treat mm. it as best case. Yeah. So say like, well, this is, you know, this is as good as, as I expected to get. And so I'm going to be satisfied with it. And, and I truly, I uh, was like, I think that's what's tough is that people are like, Oh, don't you, don't you feel so much better now? And to be super, super frank, I don't really feel different. <laughs> yeah. Like, <No. laughs> I get it. Like it well, So what I talk about with some people is like people talk about like, the like comfort and uncomfort things. I was like, it's just something that becomes familiar. So you're there and it's just the, the new normal. Right. I, I hate, I, I, I share this with some people. I hate the term, like get comfortable with being uncomfortable and all that. And I was like, no, 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 it's not uncomfortable at all. Like, um, you know, it, it, it we're not comfortable. We're just familiar. And, and some people are entirely uncomfortable because like, yeah, I totally got to lose this weight or I got to do this, but it's familiar. So it's no different, you know, whether I do or do not. And I can totally see your point because there's so many other people who are dealing with different issues that it's just where you are and you've been managing for so long. So what's the difference, right? You know, what's the difference, whether you're, you know, 150 pounds or 250, if you're just, you're just getting along and, and, and it's okay. And then when you make the change, like it's just, 
it sounds to me like you just got into the routine and said, okay, well, this is my new normal and I'm just going to push forward. So it's no different whether I was here or here, but now you're just doing something um, to kind of propel yourself in a new direction. So what really brought on the catalyst for change? So uh, this is, this is a tough thing to share, I think, because I think a lot of people would uh, be pretty upset with this, but um, my, my catalyst for change was, was a couple of things. First, it started with, um, I, I was listening to a speaker. I went to a conference in um, March, I think it was, and, and one of the speakers said, you have to figure out how to attach your daily work to a long-term goal. Mm. And then a couple months later, you know, I, I, I had the thought, you know, this amazing thought, what if I figured out a way to get my days to attach to my long-term goals? And, you know, just amazing how original my mind is. But it was, it was a matter of fact that I had heard it a couple months ago and was like, hey, that could actually work. Now, the, the catalyst, the thing that kind of kicked me into gear, mm -hmm. um, my wife, she's a very direct person. And I, I appreciate that so much about her because there's no, um, there's no gray area. She's, this is who she is. And she told me that she was no longer physically attracted to me. Mm, man. And, uh, and it like every time I've shared that, you know, for me, it's like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is my wife, this is my relationship. But every time I've shared that people are like, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine if someone said that to me. And I'm like, no, it, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it did. And it sucked so much that I was like, I got to do something about this, you know, because yeah. I had accepted that this was normal, but she had not. Mm. And for her, it was something that, that weighed on her in a figurative sense every day okay. um, to see me as someone unhealthy, you know, and, yeah. and bigger than I had ever been. And we've been to get, we have been together at this point for almost seven years. So she's seen me when I was, you know, a 16 year old kid and not skinny necessarily, but not, not where I was. And so for her to say, I'm not physically attracted to you anymore. Mm. was just, it, it, it punched me yeah. really, really hard. And it was the, it was the catalyst. Man. Well, we all have important people in our lives, right? And I would, I, I would argue that the, the three most important in my life are my wife, my two children, followed by my parents. You know, now they kind of change places. But when somebody that important in your life throws that at you, and I've had these tough conversations in different areas, is how, how did that really make you feel so you said it's a gut punch but if you can take the people who are going to listen to this like how did you really feel on the inside as soon as you, you know as soon as you heard that you know for, for me for me when I hear people you know saying oh my god your wife said that and all this other stuff and I'm like okay well we're in a relationship so we're open with our communication however it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt you know it doesn't mean that I I kind of you know okay what what do I do with this now how do how do I take this because um, you know I think it comes from a loving place because when, when you do that, but how did you really break that down overall to get to the spot where you started to then do the chase? We got the catalyst for change and now we're going to get to the point where you process that. Mm -hmm. So how did you process all of that? What was that like? So this is an ongoing thing for me in, in dealing with criticism. Mm. I naturally am. I, I have, and I'm, I'm kind of realizing this by my, myself over the last couple of weeks, actually, that um, I've had a tendency towards being codependent for a long time. Oh, wow. Um, so in dealing with criticism, one of the things that I've learned is that criticism doesn't make you mad when it's not true. Um, and so for me, like in that, in that 
in hearing that, and, and frankly, hearing that played over and over again in my mind, there's, I think there's two ways to take it. One is, one, an insensitive person. I can't believe she would say that, and I'm going to be angry at her, but not change. Mm-hmm. The other is to say, why does that make me so mad? And is there something I can do about it? Is there a reason that that's actually frustrating me? And here's, here's the, the, um, the, the picture that I painted for myself metaphorically. If, a, if a, a very obviously crazy man walks up to you on the street and insists that you are a duck, right? You're going you're gonna to laugh it off. Even if he persists further and he goes, you're a, you're a duck. You've got webbed feet and wings and feathers. You're not going to hear that and think, oh, wow, maybe I really am a duck. You're not going to change anything about yourself because obviously it's not true, right? But if that same person were to walk up to you and say, you're a fat whatever, and you get pissed off about it, and that's like the harshest language that I use there, but if you get pissed off about it, you got to recognize that there's something in there (laughs) that Mm. you met. Yeah. Right? And either it's that this guy's crazy and, and what he's saying is not true, which is entirely the case. Maybe you're a, an incredibly fit person and you know to write it off. I'm not, you know, I'm not overweight. I'm not fat. Or if it makes you really mad, maybe there's something you got to deal with. Yeah. And it might not even be the weight. It might be that you need to deal with handling people's garbage when they throw it at you. But there's a reason that it makes you mad and it's got to be something that you need to change. Like I said, I think there's, there's one of two ways to take that kind of criticism. Either you completely write it off or you get mad. And if you get mad, you got to figure out why. Mm, I, I totally love that. Well, one, you know, I mean, just to say that, what, you know, you know, it doesn't make you mad, you know, when it's, when it's not true. Like, so is it really criticism or is it just somebody over here because maybe they're dealing with something, but then you come back and then when you do that internal reflection, it's like, okay, I got mad about this. Like, because something deep down, right. It tells you something deep down is you're right. You either don't handle criticism, even though it might not be true. So there's another thing. Now you're dealing with criticism and there's so many different levels that you could really peel. Man, I could spend a whole episode peeling all that back. Like how do you take criticism and do all this? But for that fact, I really like how you position that because when somebody, especially when they're close to you now, now we're not in the man in the street, we're into somebody into your life. When they say that, then more than likely, uh, those things tend to be true because they're with you all the time, right? I mean, when I'll give you an example, when uh, my wife had said, when I was dealing with some things, hey, you're being a real asshole. And I'm like, okay, that's probably true. You're, you're probably right. More than likely, I'm getting frustrated because you called me out on my bullshit. Um, but how do we figure this out? And so I like how you take that internally. You know, a lot of guests that we have when they go through those things, that's a, one of the first things that I, I even tell people like, what did you do to, to, to sit with that? Right. And so it sounds like you sat with that. So how did you go through kind of sitting with that whole, whole process then? Um, I don't know if it was really extensive. I think that I have had enough practice, I guess, in dealing with, you know, just garbage, right? I Mm -hmm. think it's the easiest word for it is just dealing with, with crap. Everyone's got their own stuff to deal with. Everyone's got problems and, you know, no one's, no one problem is worse, I think, than another. Um, for me, it was, okay, well, I got to recognize that there's truth here. And is there something that I can do about it? And it, I think to the point that up until that point, I had already recognized that I was overweight, but I hadn't really recognized how it was affecting this person that was so close to me. 
Mm. I think that I had gotten comfortable with myself, not realizing how uncomfortable I had made her. Yeah. And realized very quickly, like, I can't be irresponsible about this. You know, there, this, there's a level of, of responsibility that has now gone past my own satisfaction with myself. Mm. You know, and, and to the point where my wife, the person that I love the most in the world and um, that has invested more in me than anybody else, you know, and wants to see me succeed almost, I'd say more than anybody else, to the point where she is unhappy. Wow. Like that, that was all, all right away. And I was like, damn it, I got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I man. can't, at that point, it's like, I can't, I can't keep going this way. That was the catalyst that said, okay, this is now uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and this is now something that needs to change where before I was totally fine. Man. Um, I can't, I can't, like every time I think of those conversations, I can't imagine going back to them. And even if they still happen, like, it, it's it becomes difficult to deal with wouldn't you say like you're just kind of i mean even if you've been invested with somebody for so long you know like my me and my wife have been together for for 14 years um and married for 10 and sometimes it's still when those things come up right it's just kind of it makes you cringe for a second but you're so right you have somebody who's so invested in your life that i mean you got to and you said the key word is look at the responsibility you have right to maintaining a relationship and is it the, was it, was it really be the, would it really be the be all end all if you let it sit, but at the same time, do you want to take that risk? Right. Right. Yeah. And is it, um, is it worth doing something? Yeah. To avoid the alternative because here's the alternative. Either I stay this overweight person mm -hmm. and I, like, I don't identify with it that way. It's not like, it's not like there's a fat me in the thing <laughs> regardless. Right. But yeah. Um, either I stay where I'm at now and I, I essentially force my wife by, um, by the fact that we're going to stay married for the rest of our lives. I force her to deal with this version of me that she doesn't like, yeah. um, you know, or, or I do something and I, I try to alleviate that burden on her, you know, and like that was, that was, I think the biggest thing where it was like, well, she's dealing with some garbage, yeah. you know, I'm actively contributing to her life being more difficult by just not dealing with something that frankly is very simple. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm just not dealing with it and I should be. And by not dealing with it, I'm putting unnecessary burden on her and on her mm. life that she doesn't need. Yeah. If, if I'm as interested in seeing her be successful as I hope she's interested in me being successful, then why would I in any lifetime, make a conscious decision that I know would like, like a con a conscious decision of inaction. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I like that. Like <laughs> I want to, I want to visit something really quick because it's not popped in my mind. And sometimes somebody will probably think this too. If I think about it, when, when you hear that it seems on the surface level, right? that you know so you have a spouse that says hey i'm not physically attracted but i think there's so much more behind that so did you have any more discussions because sometimes it seems like and somebody might get this and, I, and i'm only thinking this from an interview perspective like somebody's like well that's really shallow you should be comfortable with your weight but there's so much more to it than that and i know this but somebody out there might not and so where did the discussions go in that standpoint because i know you had to have a conversation a real sit down about this whole thing um 
or at least mini conversations. Um, so where did the whole conversations go between you and your spouse? And then, well, let's hit that first. Yeah. You know, I, I want to combat that, uh, that, that voice, right. That, that voice that says that's pretty shallow. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, cause in, in, in one sense, you know, I, I hope again, and, and I, I hope that my wife puts as much emphasis on loving me for who I am as I try to do for her. Um, right. And, and like, that's not, that shouldn't be discounted. But at the same time, I think looking at it from the outside, like if I'm trying to be impartial here, and you think about it from, from the perspective that she is always thinking about this issue. Mm -hmm. And it is an issue, right? It's, it's not as though, you know, it's just a matter of me and my thing. Because the reality mm -hmm. is that we all know we're going to die. And people, man, people who are overweight are putting themselves in a position to die sooner. And that's like, it, it might be a year, right? It might be nine days, but you got to know that there's an effect, a long-term effect mm. of not managing your health. And again, you know, I would have considered myself a pretty healthy person even though I was heavier than I'd want to be because I could run a mile, you know, or things like that. Um, but even still, I like, there's so much more to consider than just how do you look? Yeah. Right. And my yeah. wife was not saying, I don't, I don't think she was, and I don't think she is now, even just in further conversations. I don't think she was saying, I think that you having extra fat on your body is like, you know, disgusting or, whatever what she was saying is like this version of you is not the person that i am attracted to and like that it's 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 hard to break down further than that because really no, it makes it, sense man like it's, it's as simple as that she just yeah. wasn't attracted to me and um there's there's an argument to be made to say like don't be shallow but there's also another argument to be like why am I so obsessed with making sure that I maintain this and making sure that I make her be okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's again, like that shared responsibility there. Yes. She's supposed to love me for who I am, but also I got to make them, I got to make myself easier to love. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, see, it goes, it goes so much deeper and I, I, I know right away, like I can think of people that, that, that listen to this, that'll, that, that might just, take the effect of saying, Oh, that's pretty shallow. It's like, but well, let's really dig deep into it because it's not just, you're right. It's the version. Like people say one thing, right. But then you get, if you break it down to the granular level, it's not just like, okay, well you're just being for me, like being an asshole. It's all the actions that go with it. Or, you know, let's say for the weight gain, it's not just the physical appearance. It's the, maybe the, the actions that you're taking from here or not caring for yourself or not caring for the relationship and everything else. And going back to what you said is like the burden of what people who carry that extra weight. And there's so much more to that responsibility of ruining cardiovascular health, right? Um, the possibility of not living your full life out and then think of what that does to really transform the relationship once you're gone, or, you know, I would say the relationship was when you're gone, but like now somebody has to deal with that burden too. And there's just so many things to think about. And sometimes people just find the easiest way to say, you know, okay, let's, 
I'm seeing something here. How do I say it? And how do I put it out there? And it sounds to me that, you know, that's just one way that your wife would convey that to you. And I think in an open and honest way, like that's, that, that gets the ball rolling. And I would really commend her or anybody else who just says, okay, let's approach this. And then knowing, and, hope, and it sounds because you guys have been in a relationship for a while that she knows at least it's not going to cause the fight. And even if it does, it's not going to end in agony. <laughs> We're going to, okay. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I've, uh, for me, I've been dig- we've been digging into the different convert, like the five love languages and all that other craziness, um, which isn't crazy. It's actually great stuff. But yeah. you know, now we know how to approach each other. So yeah, I'm going to say something and I might get angry at first, but you know that the conversation is not going to just end in, well, here's your papers, right? <laughs> when it's split. Yeah, so- and that's the thing is like my wife and I, when we got, got married, we got married with the understanding that we are never going to divorce. And that sounds really, I, I feel like to, on the outside, that sounds really idealistic, but it's just who we are. Yeah. You know? and, and I it's get just, it. It's just who, like, we're, we committed to seeing it through. Mm. And ultimately, regardless of what my wife does, I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. Yeah. Right. So again, it's like making it easier. Now, I, I will say this, just to backtrack a little bit. Uh, if somebody is listening to this and they're frustrated by what I said about being, um, you know, sh- like things being shallow or whatever. Think back to what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. If it makes you mad, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love coming full circle, man. It's so great. Because like, truly, like, if, if, if somebody's frustrated to hear that their spouse might not be attracted to them, yeah. why does that make you mad? Is it a matter of your spouse being shallow or is it a matter of me? And I'm going to speak about me here. I don't want to speak about you. I'm going to yeah. speak about me here, that the, the, the internal. If it makes me mad, why? Is it because I think my spouse should be less shallow or is it because I know what I'm not doing mm. and I'm choosing yeah. that path of inaction, that, in, that conscious choice of inaction? Cool. Um, I, love, I love the deep stuff, man. Like that's, <laughs> that gets me going. So I'll, I'll tell you this is that like every time we have a conversation, we're like, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, impactful change. And all of a sudden, like we're digging into the, to the, to the, to the things that really like, this is what it's really anchored to, right? I mean, if you think about it, you, you know, you have a relationship and like what the, the, the catalyst is also the thing you're anchoring, anchoring to. So it's not just, I want to be able to run three miles and wear, you know, a size 32 jeans is I want a healthy relationship and all these other great, good things that come with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like, when, when, when people, when we talk about for me, like just to the whole moniker is like stay in a fight is like, I'm doing it for my marriage. I'm doing it for my children. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for my job. I'm doing, I'm staying in it for this whole reason because it seems so surface level when people look at it. I lost weight because I wanted to run a marathon. Why did you, you know, oh, I had a conversation with my wife and she told me I wasn't attracted to you. Oh man. Okay. That, it was really deep. I need to fix something else. And it just snowballs this whole, whole thing that encompasses it, man. That's, that's amazing. And the fact that you can really go internal with it, that, that is, see a lot of people don't do that. Right. I mean, Let's we'll go back to that conversation is they take it and they say, well, it's not anything wrong with me. They never reflect and they're just like, I'm just going to keep doing what I do instead of saying, well, maybe I am causing a burden somewhere else, or maybe, maybe I'm not holding up my end of the bargain or, you know, maybe I'm not being responsible and it doesn't take anything. Like you said, the reflection took you a short amount of time, right? I'm trying to go back on my notes. I write a lot of notes so we can ask you questions, but, um, you know, it was something that you had said, Oh, where do I go? This is what happens when we're here. 
Yeah, it kind of you, you you had said something to the effect that you know it didn't really take you that long to say, oh my god, I got to look really fast. And I mean, how long does it take you to ask the question? Okay, is it her or is it me? <laughs> right. It's it's pretty simple, and that's like, yeah, the the decision to do something different with it. I would say from that point to I told you I'm on I'm on day ninety seven now. Yeah. Um, from that point to day one. I think if I'm, if I'm placing everything back correctly, that was three days. Wow. And that's awesome. And like the, the, the preceding six years had prepared me for that. But at mm. the same time, it was like, it was pretty quick. It was like, is it her or is it me? I'm like, yeah. oh crap, it's me. <laughs> yeah. And that's, so here's, here's like, I, you know, talking about like, the tactics, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm kind of steering the conversation a little bit. Back. Yeah, man. Um, I, you know, I have people in my life that I consider mentors, people that I go to for advice and for guidance. And this is one thing that we've talked about is, you know, losing weight. And, and what I know, and what I know, what I think I, I know more now than I knew then is that my weight was a result of consistent habits over time. Mm. And initially, when I started losing weight, um, my objective, and actually this is from the very beginning, my objective in all of this has not been ultimately to lose weight. My objective has been to be consistent. So I told myself, I'm going to eat this amount of food in a day, um, and I'm going to run this amount in a day, and I'm going to do it for 100 days before I decide it works. Nice. And, and so for me, so I'm, I'm coming up on, on 100 days and I've, I've now moved the goalpost. I'm 175 days um, and kind of changing a little bit things here and there, kind of slowing down the pace a little bit because it's very quick, a lot of time to lose weight. But when I have, I have a, a mentor of mine who I shared like, Hey man, I'm, you know, I'm down 30 pounds. And he's like, that's awesome. And it wasn't even the point. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. That wasn't even the point. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's nice to be able to celebrate the victory, but the reality is that what changed was I wanted to be more consistent and I wanted to be, I wanted to say honestly that I could do something that I could do something for a hundred days without stopping. Um, that was huge. And it was something that I didn't know I could do before going on this, this journey. Um, there are so many other benefits, like the weight loss, yes. And that's like, I think what everybody can see is it's a nice physical, physical thing. It's even what I can see and what I'm like excited about, you know, it's, yeah. but the other effects I think have been much more, um, much more substantial long-term mm-hmm. going back to like the, the reason that I was overweight because was because I was undisciplined. Yeah. I'm still a really undisciplined guy. I still do a whole lot of things that I don't want to do. Um, there's a, a passage in Romans that describes my, my eternal state pretty well. It's, uh, I know what I should be doing and I find myself not doing it. I know what I'm not doing and I, f- I know what I shouldn't be doing and I find myself doing that more. I love it. I don't understand myself. That's in Romans two. That's what Paul says. And, and it's just, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's consistent, right? It's, it's like, I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. Well, this, this change for me was, okay, I know what I should be doing it what if I do it? Like what's going to happen? Mm. And the end result has been 
me being more confident in my ability to do something. Nice. Like I, I know for a fact, right, that if I, for whatever reason, if I gain another 10 pounds back, I know that I can deal with it now. I know that that's not going to be as hard as what I did already. And that has been life-changing. The weight loss, great. You know, awesome. Like, I'm skinnier now than I was. But the life-changing impact has been going through the garbage mm. and, and dealing with it and knowing that I could deal with it after the fact. Yeah. I think a lot of what was holding me back was like, I'm not sure that I can do it. And I failed so many times yeah. in trying to lose weight. Like, I've tried so many ways. I did intermittent fasting, you know, for, for two weeks or... Um, I tried to like eat no sugar for, <laughs> for a week and that was ridiculous. Um, and none of it I could stick with. Right. But I found something that I could stick with. And that was the, the change was that I was like, I can, I can do this. That's cool. I love it. So that's the thing. I think when people look at these, these particular journeys in, I've talked to a few people who've gone on a weight loss journey. It wasn't just, it wasn't just about the weight. It wasn't just about the weight. It was, I mean, everything you said is like, can I stick to something and can I become more decisive and more disciplined? And because if you look at everything from people who are acting like assholes to picking up the weight is that there's been this inconsistent communication to yourself over time, right? It's like, oh, I know I need to do the thing, but I don't really want to do the thing because why? What does it matter? And then, and then you look at it, well, what's keeping me here? And you know, you said the, the benefits, I mean, look at it. It's, it's not about it. It's becoming more consistent and understanding that you're not, that you weren't disciplined at the time, you know, and that's, what's keeping you in this cycle. And eventually everything catches up. Right. I mean, it, it just does. Uh, but to see that you can build a habit for a hundred days and, and then it proves to yourself that, well, now I got here a hundred days. I know that no matter what happens, that I'm consistently putting myself in the right frame of mind into the right mindset into the place where if something challenges me, I can stick with it till I see it through. Whether or not you succeed at it or not, at least you're giving the running try. And another really good thing you came up with, and I love hearing this, is the very fact is like, why not? If I, if, if, if I don't do it, then I'm still where I'm at. If I try and I keep going, I hate the word try, but this is a good use for it, is that at least I, I took a run, right? I took a, I took a stab at it. I made the, the effort you know, and even if you did stick with it for a hundred days, maybe you didn't lose all the weight, but you started to build consistency and confidence in yourself and your life. And that I think is more powerful than anything else. Right. And that was what, yeah. So that's what I've said. I've said it over and over again. I'm going to do this for a hundred days before I decide it works. Mm. And I think that's a principle I know that I can take now to any habit. You know, if I'm, if I'm, I think people struggle a lot to, to see in the short term, the results of positive actions. Yeah. And so I was like, well, then I'm not going to look short term. I need to look long term. What, what would 100 days do? You know, and I don't think there's a magic number. I think I'm going to do, you know, like 100 days just seemed like a ridiculous number to me. <laughs> like, it was like, let me just do this for, and it's like, it's in reality, you know, three and a half months, something. Um, it just seemed like a ridiculous number. And so I was like, I'm going to do that. And if I can do it for 100 days, I feel really good about looking at the results at the end and deciding whether or not it's possible. Right. That's what I mean. So like if I go for a hundred days and I lost no weight, I don't know 
honestly what would have happened. Mm -hmm. Like if I was the same weight I was 97 days ago today, um, I don't, I don't know that I would have been able to sustain, you know, if there were, I think the, the intermittent yeah. results were really helpful to just be encouraging. Mm-hmm. But the, regard, the, the reality is that mentally when I started it, I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get to 100 days before I decide that change yeah. is not possible, you know? And what's great is that <laughs> you, you just show, you show like your stick to it and stick to it in this. Oh my goodness. Is that, I mean, that's just one thing you, you, you proved to yourself, if anything, above anything else, that you're just able to stick to something through, through the end. And what would you say to somebody who's very, I've been guilty of this so many times, like, so short term focus. Cause you oh, said before, right. You said you failed so many times, you know, you, st- you did intermittent fasting for two weeks and like a lot of people just get into that short term mindset. And it's not that, Oh, I stuck with this for two weeks. It's like, they can't be see beyond the short term, no matter what, whether they stick with something for two weeks and don't see the result or just no matter what, they're kind of living in the moment. Right. No ma- So what would you say to somebody to get them on to that long-term track? Hey, just a hundred days, even 50, you know, or a hundred days. Like what would you, what would be the core message you would tell somebody to say, Hey, this is worth a shot, you know, to give yourself this target. <sighs> And, and just to, to caveat this, I'm 100% like this. Like I do this with so many other things besides what I eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get discouraged when I'm at work and I try something with a customer that didn't end up panning out. And I'm like, dang it, it might never work. Yeah. You know, like I, I think the easiest way for me to characterize it and this answer I think is really annoying and I apologize in advance for anybody that's going to answer. It's really annoying, but faith is belief in things not seen. And the reality is, you know, you know that if you eat less food and exercise more, it's going to work. Why? Because eating less food and exercising more, has worked for every human being in existence ever. There is no exception to the rule, and you are certainly not the exception. Oh, so man. with that in mind, knock it off. Like, I, <laughs> like there's not really a softer way to no, put it's, it, but it's, it's like eating less food and exercising more has worked 100% of the time for <laughs> who do it. Oh, I love it. Uh, oh, it's, it's the reality. Uh, so many people and, and I have to, I mean, I'm straight guilty of this. I have to tell myself it's like, you're not the special one, right? There's 7 billion people on the face of this planet. You're not the one who's going to say, well, I can do this in two weeks and nobody else. I can't, if I can't do it in two weeks, cause it took somebody else four weeks and what does it matter anyway? Right. It's do we know the things that work, right? There's there's, and I said this on conversations and podcasts before, there's nothing new under the sun. You're not going to invent the, you might invent a different way of going about it, like a new diet or a new fad or maybe a new process, but at the same time, it's still the work you have to do and that it's not going to have any different outcome. The outcome is right. You get, you get, you put good in, you get good out. Uh, it's something I picked up from this past camp I went to. Um, and then if you stick to it, it's going to work, right? I mean, it's going to, and if it doesn't work, kind of going back to what we said before, if you got to 100 days and you, you notice nothing had changed, well, then maybe you go back and say, I was probably doing something wrong because it's the immediate, what's the immediate action people say when that happens? 
no, it wasn't, I was doing something wrong. Something has to be wrong with this, right? Yeah. Something has to be wrong with this paleo diet or this keto diet. What are the other, all the other ones out there? Dash is the one I've used, you know, or there has to be something wrong with this process instead of saying, where did I go and screw this up along the way? Cause maybe that tells something more about yourself. But again, going back, it's going back to people who don't want to get introspective because it's so difficult to ask yourself the hard question. Here's the, here's the one phrase that I came to this with Kyle. I told you I've been thinking through like this talk and us being know, here's mm -hmm. the one phrase that I came to. Consistency will always produce the results of the system as it is built to accomplish. And that, like maybe uh, there's a little bit more complexity there, but here's the thing. Cheesecake is not built to help you lose weight. <laughs> I love it. It, like it, it's not like you could eat a diet that's exclusively cheesecake and you could still lose weight if you're under your caloric intake yeah. or your, your caloric burn for the day, your basal metabolic rate or whatever. That's another thing is I, I, I really was very intentional about not getting focused on the science of it. Yeah. Less and exercise more that those are the two things. But, um, but cheesecake is not designed to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, what's, what's designed built, whatever your theology is like, you know, what's designed to help you lose weight is foods that make you feel full that are low calorie yeah. like vegetables. Yeah. And no one's confused by that. No one's like, man, like this eggplant is really gross tasting. It's like, yeah, <laughs> because it's like, it's designed for you to, it's, it's designed as fuel. It's not designed yeah. for you to like get pleasure out of it. There's not, you know, you can get funky ideas about food and people develop. I, I, I realized that I'm kind of in the, in the, in the zone of developing a, a disorder around food, but like, consistency will always yield the results the system is built for it will always do it if you eat cheesecake every day cheesecake is designed for you to feel good like it's designed to be pleasurable and to be delicious but it is not designed to help you lose weight mm. right so whatever diet you're on paleo keto intermittent fasting i've and i i, I by the way i have not just anecdotal but i i know individuals in my own life who have done diets like this, like any one of those, and have seen amazing results. And I know lots of people who have done them and didn't get results. And you know what the difference was between those two? Mm. It had nothing to do with the diet. It was a matter of whether or not they stuck with it. Yep. Someone says, I, I did you know, the, the Atkins diet for a month. Um, <laughs> and it's like, that's not enough time. You're not, you're not consistent. I love it. Like, I love it. So that's, oh, it, it, I mean, that's a big thing in so many people fight that in your life, man. So many people fight consistency. I do it on the daily, but you just said you do it in, you know, in, in, in work and, and so many people fight that, that consistency. And it's, if you just keep doing the thing every day, it's, it's going, something was going to happen. The mm -hmm. biggest problem is having, again, just the ability to say, let's not look for the result today. Let's look for it in 30 days. Let's look for, for it in 60, 90, 120 in a year. Uh, but we're, again, we're in a world of self gratification, right? We want to see it and we want to see it now. And I think one, it's just what society has built in for a lot of people. Hence why, again, why a lot of diets or other processes don't work is because, well, I did it today, so I should lose weight. Uh, case in point, you said, you know, you tried intermittent fasting for two weeks and you just didn't see anything, right? Right. Or maybe it's, you know, and maybe you did stick to it, but you, you just said, okay, well, two weeks is done. But it sounded like somewhere in there after you did the intermittent fasting, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need to think long term. I need to think, I need to think that I need to have the consistency and just stick to the damn thing 
through 100 days, see where we're at, and then we can we can shift from there. Sure. Man, that's just like so. I I get frustrated at this, and I'm probably the reason I'm getting frustrated is because the advice that you give is the advice that you need. Is that man? Just be consistent, and I'll say that. I'll say that to myself till I'm blue in the face. It's like, just be consistent. If you're going to post a video, be consistent. If you're going to do a diet or a workout or a um, self-help, you know, follow the damn process and just keep pushing forward. I love it, man. Dude, that is a phrase. We're going to take that phrase and that'll be like, that'll be your tagline, right? I love it. Consistency consistency will always yield the results the system is built for. (laughs) And that you did it around cheesecake. It's amazing. Now that you've been through this entire journey of almost reaching hundred days. Cause you're almost there. So we're not complete with a hundred day journey yet, but how is it going for you now? Like what are the things that you notice? So I have noticed a confidence in myself that wasn't there before. Hmm. And when I like, I think there's a, there's a good opportunity to misunderstand that unless I care, like I qualify it um, that I'm not talking about like a physical confidence. Like, yes, you know, it's, it's nice right? To like look in the mirror and know that I've got a little bit more of a distinct jawline, you know, like, but here's the thing, like I, again, I was happy with my body a hundred days ago. I had no problem. You know, I like looking back at it, like, man, like I look really different now. And, and, you know, if you see like the images of, of me from, from a hundred days ago and today, um, but the thing is I was happy, you know? And so, that had really nothing to do with, with my confidence. My confidence had a lot more to do with the fact that I didn't believe in myself. I, that, that feels kind of. That makes like, a lot of sense though. <laughs> it really does. I mean, if you, if you, if you look at it, it's, it's, did you have the ability to carry something out like this? Quite simple. I mean, and that's self-belief, right? Right. Boils down to it. Yeah. Like my, so my, my wife in the last 90 days has, has made more statements about me being consistent than I can remember in the last six years that we've been together. Mm. It was a point where, you know, I think we were in an argument or something and I was like, I'm not like, I said, you know, I'm not like this, this person that just decides to do something and then goes and does it. And she was like, yes, you are. Don't you know that about yourself? <laughs> And I was nice. like, that's the first time that I've heard yeah. affirm that I am a consistent person. Not mm. that I like, again, not that she's negative or anything, but like, yeah. that was the first, and I was like, oh my gosh, am I? Am I, I a like person it. that can just decide to do something and go do it? Like, yeah. one of the, mo- one of the, the, the biggest moments of this for me um, was like day 11 of this, um, very early on. So it was a weekend and no, it wasn't a weekend. Actually, it was like a Tuesday and my wife woke me up. It was two 30 in the morning and I had fallen asleep on our couch mm. and she's like, Hey, you fell asleep on the couch. You got to go to bed. And I was like, no, I haven't gone for my run yet. And she's like, what do you mean? It's two 30 in the morning. And I said, I haven't gone for my run yet. I'm going to go run. And I did. And I came back and I fell asleep and I was late for work the next morning. <laughs> um, but that, that was huge. And if I think back on that at the time, I don't know that I recognized it so much, but that commitment that I had made 11 days prior, like my, 
I, it, was, it would have been so easy, so simple for me to say, you know what, it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm not going to go. I'll make up for it tomorrow, right? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just run extra tomorrow. But it was the fact that I, I was like, no, like, I, it's 2.30 in the morning, and I don't care what you say. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. Like, I'm going to go run real quick because I told myself mm. I'm going to do it. That was so big. And since then, like, another part of it too is like, you know, I, I have a very bad habit of being all or nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm either on a, on a streak or I'm not, you know, and, and since that time, like in the, in this 97 days, there have been days where I have consciously decided not to run. Now there's always been a reason for it, but it has never, it has not derailed me where before, you know, if I'm trying to build up a consistent habit, I'm like, yeah, four days down, right? Mm -hmm. And then day five, I forget to do whatever, you know, I forget to read uh, that day or whatever. And I'm like, dang it, I can't say I've done it five days in a row, right? My streak is four. Now I'm starting back from the beginning again. And it, it like constantly <laughs> derails me because I'm like, dang it, I don't get my streak in. But in this case, I've said to myself, I'm going to make the conscious decision of inaction right now because I know for a fact that it's not going to derail me because I'm the guy that would get up at two 30 in the morning yeah. remembering that he didn't go for his run and is going to go. So if I don't run today, I know that I'll wake up tomorrow and do it. Nice. Right? It's, and, that, and that like, that's an example of like the kind of belief that I'm talking about mm. in myself. I know myself now to be the person that can be consistent. Where before, is, I had no, like, even if I had some story, it, it was never enough. And now yeah. I've got this story to tell. That is, right? that is huge. Like, it is, so when we talk, like, about, like, mindset work, like, uh, uh, it, even in the consulting work I've done or books I've read and, and, and everything else, it's, like, you actually build yourself into the person you intend to be, right? when you say I am not the kind of person who does X, Y, and Z, but I am the kind of person who does X, X, Y, and Z, you know, that is, that's build, building a, a huge belief system. And then that belief system compounds into, to the person that you ultimately, the version of the person that, that you want to be and you're, you're aiming for. One of the best people I've listened to on, on a podcast, I'm going to upsell somebody else's podcast, but he's uber famous, uh, at least in the circles. I, 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 I listen to a guy named Ed Milet if you're familiar with him. And so what he talks about and how do you build self-confidence, right? Is a consistently, consistently working and making the promises and keeping the promises to yourself over time. And that builds self-confidence, that builds self-belief. And there, there you go. I actually wanted to hit a question for you. And this, this is something that it's, it's been personal to me and some other people is when you're doing something like, like this journey, right? Such as you got up at two 30 in the morning, or you put off a run or you put off whatever else is like, Oh, there's a lot of people who worry about time. Think about it. Like, Oh, if I do this and I'm going to miss X, Y, and Z. Right. So if I get up, I'll, I'll give you a personal one that, that plagued me for the longest time, you know, on my own journey was this very thing of like, well, if I go do this, if I go in my gym and go work out or whatever to go craft or whatever I'm doing, I'm going to miss this segment of time because you know, you talked about being very codependent, right. At some point is I get the same thing with my children. It's like, if I do this, I'm going to miss out this time with my kids. But then if I don't do this, then I might not have the time with my kids. And so how do you approach something like that? Or has it ever been an issue? That's a good question. 
Um, I'm going to lean back on something that I took from uh, a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And it's a great book. Uh, I, actually, I just finished it, actually. Um, but I'm going to lean on it because it's, it, it, it answers the question, I think. Uh, there, there's no such thing as time management. Um, there's no, there's no real, like, you, you don't manage time. Everybody's got 24 hours in a day. Everybody's got seven days a week. And the reality is that there are some people who are successful and there are some people who are not. And it's not because some guy somewhere has 25 hours in the day. It's not because he's somehow got an extra day on his week. It's not that he's got more free time. Matter of fact, most often the people that are the most successful have way less free time. But what they decide is that they're going to prioritize, right? Here's the thing. Uh, I'll make the statement to you, Kyle. You have enough time to both chill with your daughters and run. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You have enough time to go hang out with your daughters and go to the gym. The reason that you think you don't is because something else has taken a higher priority. And it might be something you're doing accidentally. It might be that you're spending more time on YouTube than necessary. It might be that you're choosing to invest in, um, you know, making a nice dent in your couch. Like, <laughs> but the reality is that you are choosing something else over that decision. And that's what Gary Keller says. He says, ultimately, time management isn't a thing, but time prioritization is the way to go. Yeah. Because if I am... If I'm saying to myself, I don't have enough time to go exercise, what I'm saying is there's something else in my life of higher priority than that. Mm. And that may very well be the case. And maybe that's the reason that I'm not going and doing it. Maybe it's because I do. I want to spend the entire day invested in my marriage. Yeah. I want there to be no distractions. But really, do I need eight hours of sleep? Could I do with seven? Because that's taking priority right? Or do I need mm. to, to really get that R&R time sitting and watching that Netflix documentary that I've been doing <laughs> for a while? Do I need that as much as I need to exercise? Oh, I love it. And, like, and is that going to take priority? And if you don't do it, right, you, don't, you can't be like ashamed. Mm. You know? But the reality is, and what, what I had to like accept is that is a decision. It is not a matter of it got away from me. I got distracted. You decided to put that in front of something else. Oh. When it comes to managing time, it's not managing time. It's prioritizing. Every single time, it's a matter of you, you decided to do something else. And that's well, why you go to the gym today. <laughs> well, what? Yeah. So why you had to, like, it was just back on the shelf. There it is. So my, actually my buddy, uh, my buddy, uh, Tony on his podcast, I think last month he had, he had Jay Pappas on, on his, the, the, uh, the other second writer. Right. Right. There. Mm. And so he had him on his podcast and it was really interesting because I, I like that book, you know, and I made it through most of it. I have a high reading list. So sometimes I get through and I'm like, okay, this is enough for me to digest. Yep. Um, but it's, you're right. You know, when, when I had to boil it down, I'm like, what am I prioritizing? Am I prioritizing watching the Mayans, one of my favorite shows? And I like, cause I like one of the actors on there, or am I prioritizing putting a business plan together or studying or all these other things? And, and the biggest thing, do we keep those priorities top of mind too? Right. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm been, I've been getting in the habit of this because I got out of the habit is to keep reminders of like, what is important to me. Right. 
Like, do I write about it? Like what's important in my life, my family. Okay. What about my family? Is it just sitting there again, making the dent in the couch, being with my family, right? Like we said, we're putting time into our marriage or our relationships, but are we really putting quality time? And if I'm missing what, how am I improving myself? So they actually get the better version of me after that, right? Like you going on this health journey, right? And in this transformation of being able to be more confident, being able to stick to things, you're actually giving somebody the greatest gift, which is the better version of you. Like you're more consistent and you're more loving and more careful and more all these things. Like you can hear it everything you talk about, like really sums all that up. Right. Cause I can just imagine, I didn't know you beforehand, but I can imagine what the person who was just like, I'm okay being where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I can imagine that. And then hearing these conversations and having a lot of these conversations with different people, such as yourself and anybody else who's come on the show is that the before version was just kind of like the, you know, the, eh, you know, this, this such is life, right? What is, uh, but now once you make and enact those change, like you, you realize that there's so many other things that are more important, right? That, that life number one itself is really important and all the things that come with it. And that you've got to be, you got to show up. You've got to show up as, as that person who does life and does it well and does it well for other people. And man, that's like everything I, if I had to sum up and I'm going to leave a summary for you too, that is like the essence of it. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing to recognize that. So this is another aspect of the one thing that I think is really cool. Um, you know, what, what they say in that book is that if, if one area of your life changes, what people don't, don't seem to realize is how interconnected everything is. Mm. The, the fact that I was overweight didn't necessarily affect my performance at work, but it did. Yeah. Not because I couldn't do my job as effectively, but because I was not as strong of a person and thus my work suffered. You got to think about it like um, a good, or here's a good way to think about it, like a fishing net. Right. If you, mm. if you pull on any one connection in that net, you lift it up. There are six or seven other other areas that are also rising and falling. And every aspect of our life, every value really, you know, it, it affects so much. These aren't isolated cases. This isn't mm. an isolated issue. If you're struggling with your weight, whether you think you're too skinny or you think you're too fat, that affects other areas of your life. It just does. Yeah. If you are questioning your faith, that affects every area of your life. And it just does. Like, it's not like nothing in, in that is isolated at all. Yeah. If you have a bad relationship with your dad, that affects the rest of your life because it just does. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, like, <laughs> we talked to the, uh, so I went on this veteran retreat and we talked about wellness, right? And I'm very familiar with it. And we had a similar conversation. You're like, okay, you know, you got spiritual, you got health and finance, you got all these different areas of your life. But if one is like, one is declining and one is really up here, but they're all kind of pulling on one another. Right. And so I, I don't like the term balance. I like the term wholeness, but you know, for the sake of using the term balance, I'll use it is that, you know, in order to balance out everything else in your life, you know, you've got to pay respect to where one part might be going up and the other part might be falling or what is taking what with it. Right. It's like, if you have a, if you have a chain, I like the fishing net thing. If you have a chain, all these different blocks, if you throw one block off, guess what else? Those, all those other blocks are going to follow with it. And eventually it's going to, it's going to cause a massive, you know, um, action. I love that, or we could use the term what every action has an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> that's, 
life, man. That's a, mm-hmm. I love it. That's amazing that you could, that you actually came up with that analogy. I like the fishing analogy. I'm going to have to use that with somebody, man. Um, <laughs> Metaphor is my favorite thing it, there. Oh yeah. I'm, easiest way for me to explain a concept is to explain how it's like something else. <laughs> I'm highly visual in, in the learning context is how I teach when I teach students is like, what can I draw? What can I put into a picture? So you get it. Cause we learn by stories and we learn by seeing things, you know, some people can learn by reading, but if you put it into a visual context, it'll even, it'll, uh, it'll actually, it'll sustain, actually it'll imprint a lot better um, from a learning context. No matter if you feel like you're not a kinesthetic learner or a visual learner by any means, it just puts something that you can fall back into. Like if somebody draws a picture and they're like, Oh, I remember the picture of the dog in the car, meaning this thing, bingo, then you've done your job. I really love this journey. I really love this conversation, man. Like it, it didn't go the way I planned, but it went the way that I thought. Because <laughs> none of this, I like, I, I, I tell everybody every time, like, I have a script of questions. We just let it fly, man. And you, like, it's it's amazing to see and hear what can, consistency can do for somebody if you take it off that singular fo- focus of just losing weight. And if that's the only thing somebody gets from this podcast, and you go back and re-listen to it. So I'm telling you right now, if you listen to this and you're like, oh, it's about losing weight, okay, go back and re-listen carefully, and maybe slow it down a little bit, right? Because there's so much more that somebody can unpack from this whole thing. And we didn't even really get into the tactics, which is great because we talked about that. We're like, well, that's not the point. The point is the journey and how you've made that happen, right? Not what, what specifically you did as far as tracking. I've seen the spreadsheet, everybody. Like it is fantastically confusing, but amazing at the same time. And it wouldn't do you any justice. But to hear this coming out of you, right? To hear the words that the things you thought, the things you felt, and how you approached everything, I think it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't have imagined it a- any other way. And so what, what I'm gonna leave you with is two things. Is I'm gonna give you the opportunity to send a message to somebody. Just, you know, what's the one thing you wanna tell somebody who, who's, who's maybe not feeling that they are there yet, that there's not a way? And how can they go about, how can they stay in the fight? And number two is how people can reach you. So, um, I'll start with how people can reach me because that's easier. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really like, I don't really do anything, I guess, out in the, out in the world. I have a LinkedIn profile. So if you want to check me out, I work for a company called zoom info. Uh, you can feel free to send me a connection request or a message. You know, I'd love to hear that this helps somebody. Um, the, to summarize, I want to go back to the message of consistency that I said earlier, because again, I told you that was what I, that was what I brought here was that one statement is that consistency will always yield the results of the system that it's built for, um, or that the system is built for rather. And if, if, if I had to go back to me 90 days ago, I'll, I, I, I want to avoid saying you. I want to avoid talking to the person who's listening to this podcast because here's the thing. I don't know your life. I don't know what you got going on. I don't know if you've got some medical issue that makes it really tough for you to get out of bed in the morning. And I'm sure, I'm sh- absolutely sure that there's somebody somewhere that has a story that is way harder than mine, right? So I'm going to talk about me 97 days ago and what I needed to hear, what changed it for me is that that every change has a has an outcome every single thing and whether or not you consciously choose or you unconsciously choose through inaction 
you will get those results. So for me, I needed kind of the punch in the, the punch in the gut of my wife being very lovingly honest with me and telling me that she was unhappy with where I was at. And if you haven't gotten there yet past me, <laughs> it's because you haven't decided why you need to get there yet. The, the issue with weight loss, I think is one that you, I knew how to fix again, eat less and exercise more has worked 100% of the time. The reason that you have not beaten this yet is not because you don't know how it's because you haven't been consistent and you got to figure out a way to just make yourself be consistent and do it when it sucks. Do it at two 30 in the morning. Like, because you will gain so much and you will lose so much if you don't. If I hadn't at day 11 gotten up at 2.30 and said I need to go for my run, I, can, I will make a bold statement and guarantee that I would not be doing this podcast right now because I wouldn't have a story to tell, right? But consistency will always yield the results of the system or that the system is built for. And this is not a knowledge issue. This is, this is a you thing <laughs> and you got to figure out how to get there. That's, that's my summary. I suppose that's like the most honest thing that I can say to me 97 days ago is it's like, you got to figure out how to get there. There's no trick. Yeah. yeah just- <laughs> oh, I, I, I get it. You know, everybody says figure it out, but there, there is a way. And you know, one of the biggest things you said, it's consistency. That's like, we, you, I think you could beat somebody over the head with it. Consistent, just be consistent. Do the thing consistently over time. And we'll go back, you know, every 10 minutes, that's what we get back to, but that's it, man. And I'll tell you what, I, I loved it. That, this, is, this is great. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time, you know, to come on and share your story because not a lot of people, you are in the top tier percentage of people who actually want to just speak to an audience. And it's very hard. I'll tell you personally, I, I struggle with this still, is to tell a story and make it personal about you. So I really commend you. I, I'm, I'm, I don't even know you personally. I'm really proud of your journey, man. It's awesome. It's, it's a great thing to see people make that change in their life. And it really, I'm a high empath, so I really like feel those things. And to see somebody be able to, to, to bring that and bring it to life, it, it's amazing. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, I mean, again, thank you for having me. Like I, like I said, kind of before we got started, um, this was really, this has been really beneficial for me because I had to think, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about it and I had to think about what I wanted to say and it forced me to kind of be introspective and understand why, <laughs> why it worked this time and didn't work every other time, you know? So, um, yeah, to anybody who like, I, I don't want to make promises of like anything, just it's possible, you know? And, and that's, that's really it. Uh, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Um, you know, and we can, we can chat more or whatever else, if that would encourage you, but honestly, you have everything you need right now to change. Cool, man. I appreciate it, brother. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. 
We look forward to bringing you new content each and every week through our boots on the ground approach of real and relatable guests. But I'll tell you what, this show cannot carry on without your support. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Thanks everyone for listening. And I want to remind you, stay in the fight.